Welcome to the Science and Spirituality Podcast, where we dive deep into universal spiritual principles and ground them in modern science. My name is Chris Carton. And my name is Kevin Carton, and we are committed to simplifying the spiritual side of success for you with easy to understand scientific research so you can walk away with practical tools to create radical transformations in your life. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Science and Spirituality Podcast. We have me, Kevin, your host, along with co-host slash other host, Chris Carden. Um, <laughs> I don't think, like, I, I say that because just recently, some people have said, like, I'm not sure who's talking. Like, we sound yeah. similar and, like, if they've never it's met so us. so weird, like, though. I mean, maybe it's because, like, I know my voice and I know your voice. Whenever obviously. I re-listen to it, I'm like, dude, that's definitely me and that's definitely yeah. you. But, again, people yeah. haven't met us. So, yes, yeah. this is me, Kevin. So today we're going to be diving deeper into a topic we covered a couple of weeks ago on language and the power of language. So at the end of that episode, we, the power of language, we talked about how there are specific words that are more powerful than others. And there's specific words that you should avoid because they're just a lower vibration or a lower frequency. So we're going to get into that today. There's a bunch of suggestions we have, but my first thing I want to say is that to always check in with your own truth meter, if you will. And I'm putting that in air quotes, because I truly believe that each and every one of us are the highest authority on our lives. And words, while there is a general understanding of that and general vibration of certain words, you are the only one that will know if it resonates or not with you. So check in with yourself. This is not a, like, don't say this and say this. Um, their recommendations. If it resonates, great. If not, find your own words for it and um, yeah, figure out what works for yeah. you. Yeah. And people, for people who didn't listen to the first language episode, we mean, we highly recommend that you go listen to it. And language is so important. Like the words that we choose to use in our everyday lives. And it's because the, like the language is, al it's almost like the first iteration of like ideas that we get from the infinite right? Mm -hmm. And how we choose to express those ideas, not only to ourselves, but also to other people. And so the words that we use, like it, it, it signals to our subconscious, how we really feel about ourselves, or how we really feel about the thing that we're about to do. And we use language all the time, like our thoughts, and then again, how we talk. And so it almost becomes uh, like, it's subconscious. Like we don't realize the words that we're using. And so we want to talk specifically on this episode about a few examples that Kevin and I use in our own daily lives that have really helped us to up-level our game and up-level our language game and how we speak to ourselves and then also how we speak in the world too. And so we want to, we want this episode to be super practical. We want to get right into some examples. Yeah. So let's do it. First one I think is really important. And some people have an awareness of this already, but then to describe like the power of this is when we're feeling maybe down or upset or angry or frustrated or just some lower vibration emotion. Remember, and we've talked about this before is to not suppress that it's information to understand why and to transform that energy rather than shoving it away. But so one way to help in doing that and not being like locked in to that belief that like I'm frustrated or I'm angry or like just making that who you are is to shift that word I am 
in that case, when it's about a negative emotion to, I feel because you as a, as a human being, or rather we're spiritual beings having a human experience, but we are never fully just angry. Like it's not, I am angry. Like we are more than that. And so when you say, I feel you're acknowledging the truth of what it is, is I feel angry that the feeling is rising up and that's okay to acknowledge. Um, but if you say I am, it's like claiming that's who you are. And then your life is going to go accordingly with that. Like it'll impress yeah. into your subconscious mind is like, I'm just an angry person. You know, and like there are people like that, that believe that in their life. Um, mm-hmm. But when you use, I feel it starts to release that pattern of like believing that that's all you are. Yeah. And if you really think about what you truly are, you're, you're a spirit in this, and you have this human body and you're in this human experience. So, you know, Kev, our mentor, Mary Morrissey would always say that you're is spiritually like your spiritual DNA, like you're perfect. Right. And so when, when we change from, I am to, I feel we're acknowledging that in our spirit, we are this infinite, you know, perfect spiritual being, but through our physiology and our interaction with the world, we feel certain things, you know, we, when we feel anger, we have like a cocktail of, of chemicals and, and neurotransmitters and hormones that go throughout our body to make us feel angry or feel happy. But again, that's not the truth to our being. And so that subtle difference between saying I feel versus I am mm-hmm. can really, you know, help us in the day to day, but then also help us to understand that we are more than a feeling. Mm-hmm. We are more than our bodies. Like we are yeah. the spirit in the back of it. That's experiencing it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the note I want to make before we move to the next one is that it's not to say to never use I am because I am is a very powerful phrase, but be careful what you put after that because I am is a creative statement. It, it draws upon your truth of who you are. As you mentioned, Chris, it's like we are infinite spiritual beings. And when you say I am, you're claiming who you are. So you want to have that to be positive. Like you could definitely use mm. I am when it's saying more positive and uplifting and expansive emotions or states of being, that's totally okay. But you could also use, I feel, I guess there's no harm or foul with using, I feel even with positive emotions, but I am is definitely powerful and is truth. Like really is truth. When you say like, I am happy or I am powerful. I am, you know, anything that you want to put after that is I'm confident like that you can pattern into your subconscious and make real. And it's, it's definitely useful. So I just wanted to make that note. It could be used in the opposite end. Yeah. So next, I think we, Chris, we should go to the, the describing yourself in parts. So I want you to explain that because that's, that's kind of correlates. Yeah. I was going to say that the describing yourself in parts is almost like a, it's like a sub like category or like a, a further delineation of I feel versus I am. Yep. Right. Exactly. One, so describing yourself in parts. So what this basically means is that have you ever caught yourself saying like, oh, I'm afraid to do that. Or uh, like, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, I like, there's some fear in this. I don't want to move forward. When we say that we attach, we, we sometimes can like feel like we're attaching our entire being to that feeling of being afraid. Mm-hmm. But what's more true and see how this feels for you is, is to say, not all of me is afraid. A part of me is afraid but there's also a part of me that wants to move forward. Otherwise you wouldn't have had that thought in the first place to want to move forward. And so when we just describe ourselves in parts, it helps us to, to, to honor that part of us that wants to move forward, but then also honor the part of us that, you know, feels afraid, but, but making sure that there's a delineation there so that you can understand that there is a part of you that's 
wants to move forward and you can use that part to empower you. Exactly. And another note about that is, which is brilliant, exactly what you just shared, is just a step further on that is when you say a part of me, there always will be a part of you that does want to move forward or is not caught up in like the fear, the doubt, the worry, whatever it is that's negative or, um, or limiting or contractive. That part of you that, that is wanting to move forward is beyond what you're fearing or doubting. That part of you is infinite. Like there is always a part of you that wants to move forward because you are not just human. Like in, in one aspect, you can see that, yes, probably there's a part of you, a human part of you that does want to move forward and does believe in yourself and is not afraid, but even more true because sometimes like that fear is really loud or those yeah. doubting thoughts. And so it's sometimes hard to believe is like oh, only a part of me because it feels like hundred percent of you. But the truth is, even if you feel in your humanness, it's a hundred percent. There's always, always, always a part of you, which is your spirit, is your who you really are. You're more than that. You're more than that yeah. fear. So it is always true. No matter how strong that fear is or that doubt or that worry, you could always say it's a part of me that feels that. Yeah. And then splitting, again, like splitting that up makes it easier for you to, to then focus on the part of you that wants to move forward because you're acknowledging that it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, like when yeah. you just say, I'm afraid and that's all I feel, it's like you're forgetting that there is that part of you, like you said, even if it's like a 1% versus a 99%, there's still that yeah. part of you that's there that you can focus on that wants to move forward. And the more that you focus on it because you're acknowledging it's there, the more it'll grow over time. And mm. so then you can get that confidence to move forward. Exactly. And so that's really, yeah. And so that's really important. And I think that's like one of the, the biggest ones for me because that's really helped me a lot with, with things that I've gone through in my life even with like mental illness and like anxiety and depression, it's like a part of me might feel anxious or depressed right now, but then there's also a part of me that knows that I can move through it. And that helped yeah. me a lot, not yeah. just attaching a label to myself. Of, I am all this. Exactly. For sure. And, and remember also that thoughts and these words that we're using, they're building forces. Hmm. Let me describe that. They're building forces. They're not um, like, how would I put it? Uh, so the, there's a book I'm reading that describes this. And this, this really helped me understand like this, that it's like just acknowledging and grounding into that 1% is great. And just to give yourself space and time, because it's a process. That's what I mean by thoughts are building forces. It's not like when you think a thought immediately, it's going to be, you know, a hundred percent better or, or manifest or whatever you love on the positive end. Like it takes time. Um, sometimes it's faster than you, than others, like depending on your, the strength of your focus and your energy towards it. And of course your action. Um, but thoughts are building forces. So keep that in mind. And that helps in terms of just acknowledging that 1%, that 5%, that 10%, whatever it is that is not stuck in the fear, but then you, as you focus on that, it builds, it grows. Yeah. So exactly what you said is like, that's probably what has helped you is like over time, you definitely, uh, got out of those patterns of being limited by those doubts or worries or fears. Yeah. But. And like, it helps you build, it helps you build like cells of recognition inside of yourself that you're not just that. Yes, exactly. There's more, exactly. there's more to you than just a feeling or just, yeah, so exactly. It's, it's, it's very, yeah, it's very important. Yeah. Um, so to go into the next one, Kev, do you want to describe this one? Avoiding the yes. term should. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This actually correlates, I think, because, um, it's also like, so I wrote that down as like avoiding the word should, but also avoiding the word never and always because it's actually, absolutes. yeah, the absolutes. 
and this is kind of funny. It's kind of a paradox because absolutes are never true. <laughs> Using the word never in that sentence. Uh -huh. But like, if we, if we think to ourselves or use words like I always fail, or I always do this, I'm, I'm never good enough. I've never stayed consistent with something like it. We can, we can definitely find one scenario where we actually did or one scenario where we actually didn't like, and that was a good thing. Like, so always and never almost never are true. If not always or never true. Like, oh my God, that was a tongue twister or yeah. mind bending. Um, yeah. <laughs> the words always and never are usually um, not true. So just to be careful about using those because that limits you again is like, because it's not the entire truth of, of what is happening. Um, so when you use those words, your, your perception is clouding the actual reality of what's going mm -hmm. on. So to really mm -hmm. shift that and speaking of perception, we have a whole episode on perception as a mental faculty. It's powerful. So um, yeah. that's what's always never, but definitely the word should, I would highly recommend to avoid using because when we use should, it's like, I should do this. I should build that business. I, I should get in shape or I should make that call. I should talk to that person. Like that's, it's, it's putting a, how would I put, how would I describe it's, this? It's, like, it's, it's push energy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's force. Yeah. Like you're, for, I, I you're trying to force it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and a lot of times that we, when we use the word should, it's, comes from past patterning and programming. I should get a job that is prestigious or makes a lot of money because my parents, like in my culture, like one of my clients, like her culture is like, you need a set up job, like going for something you would love like that. Why would you do that? Like you should just get a job that pays you good money. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's what they, sh that she feels like she should do, but yeah, it's, what would you love? Like, yeah, honestly, like when you ask the question, what would you love? And that's honestly like a, an opposite of, I should do this is like, well, maybe it's not what I want. It's like, well, what I want or what would I love is different than what I feel like I should do or think I should do. Cause often the should comes from programming and patterns that we've gained from childhood, from people who raised us as well as society and just growing up and seeing what others have done is like, oh, I should yeah. get a degree because everyone else is doing it. Like, and we have a whole episode on that on and to honestly talk about that a lot of like just yeah the programming history so it's kind of funny too like you, you it's hard it's hard to sound excited when you were when you use the word should yeah like even <laughs> even when you like i've noticed when you were using the word it's like you yeah. can't yeah exactly it, it's like oh, i should do this instead yeah. of like i'd love to do this you know yeah. what i mean mm -hmm. um and it's again it's just that slight subtle like words have power yeah we just we just said it Exactly. And I, I, and I mentioned this on the, the first language podcast that the, these words, it's not just what you're speaking. It's also internally, which words you're using. Yes. And so those are a little bit more subtle because you can't hear yourself use them, but mm -hmm. you might be using them inside of your head, like always or never, or should. And it's like, yep. there's an energy that those words have that signal to the rest of your body about how you're going to act in the world. And that's mm -hmm. super important. And that's what we're trying to get at here. Because again, most of the language that we use actually happens inside our own heads to yep. ourselves. Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, I feel I feel like um, using the word never and should like the it's a good segue into our next one, which is mm -hmm. up until now. Mm, so yeah, let's talk you, about that. Yeah, yeah. So if you ever do catch yourself using always or never, you can end that sentence with up until now. 
So, oh, I'm, I've never been able to be good at this. If you catch yourself using that, then say up until now, because then it puts an endpoint to, it's like, okay, like up until now, yeah, maybe I wasn't good at that, but you know, there's points after now where I can mm-hmm. change and I can adjust and I can be better. And that's that, I think that, that's like one of the ones, Kev, when, you know, we have conversations when, when I'm feeling stuck and you're helping me, like up until now is one of those things that you point out all the time to me, because you'll hear my language and you'd be like, up until now, up until yeah. now, up until now. And again, exactly. it's, it's that signal to your subconscious that it's like, it can be different after this point. Yes. You and know, it, it's, 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 yeah. Go ahead. No, continue. It, I was just saying it's, it's, it like acknowledges that, you know, maybe the statement, oh, I always could be true, but it gives a stopping point to it. It's like, okay, fine. But up until now, it's like going forward. Now we're going to be different or now yeah. it could be different. Exactly. Yeah. And one thing you just said, um, which is why I was jutting in because I wanted to remember it because it's a long time ago. I think when we, when we first started the podcast, there's an episode on how we always have a choice. That's mm-hmm. true. We always do have a choice. <laughs> um, that 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 choice is always there. Like to choose again. That's what you were speaking to. It's like up until now, like we can always choose new, like a new thought, mm-hmm. and like change the the direction of our thoughts and our beliefs. And it's it, the up until now is like you said. It goes into the subconscious. But I want to just yeah. share really quick an analogy that helped me understand how this, these three words up until now works. So when you say up until now, after a belief or after something you, you know, you don't want to, you know, uh, believe is true. Um, and it could be as simple as like, I've, I'm feeling scared. Well, up until now, like, and so that helps you acknowledge and then tap into the part of you that is not afraid. Um, then it's a building force. So remember, so when you say up until now, things will start to change within, but maybe externally things don't change for a little bit and that's okay. So here's the analogy. There's a specific ship on the ocean. It's one of the biggest ships in the world. It's called the Queen Mary. That ship takes seven miles to turn. But as soon as the captain gives the order, we're turning 15 degrees north, then all hands under deck go to work at making that change and turning that ship, even though seven miles it takes to actually turn it. So when we use the words up until now, it signals to our subconscious mind. So we are the captains of our ship, our human mm-hmm. experience. We say up until now, it goes to work in our subconscious to change the direction of our life, but it may take some some time to actually change that direction. So trust the process, keep coming back to those words. It will only be true if you keep affirming it. You can't just yeah. say it once, you have to believe it again and again and again. Yeah. And that just be, that just speaks to also too that you know when this is something that we speak to a lot on this podcast is all this it's a practice yeah like it's a way of being like it's not just something you do once it's just it's becomes who you are and same exactly. thing with all of these these slight changes in vocabulary and language that we've been talking about yeah you might catch yourself for weeks or months doing it again like yeah. I catch myself all the time yeah and I think that's what spurred us talking about language is because I said I was listening to one of our podcasts. And I notice how, how particular we are about our language because me yep. and Kevin, we make mistakes all the time and we, we've gotten a lot better at noticing and then fixing it. But, exactly. you know, that didn't just, you know, Kev, you've been in this work for eight years now, seven years, me like four, four or five. So it's like, it, it's, it's, it's a process. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and <laughs> speaking of which, because uh, the, the term that came to my mind was consistency and discipline. To be mm. disciplined about being aware, noticing what you're noticing, to then shift these words 
especially when they're just thoughts, because it's challenging sometimes. Like we're unaware, and so that's you why you realize you have thoughts. Yeah, so yeah, many thoughts. Exactly. You don't realize it. Exactly. So, which yeah. is why it's so helpful to have a structure of support, like coaching or a program, someone to help you to see what you can't see. It's like mm-hmm. we all have blind spots, and you can't see your own blind spot because you're blind to it. Yeah. So, which is why it's so helpful to have support, um, which mm-hmm. I'll share with you at the end of this episode, um, as it's, it's being a new year. Um, I have a gift for y'all that I think y'all will love. I've been offering it maybe five times over the last like couple of months, but I want to offer it again. Um, cause I have some spots open for some calls. So I'll share that at the end, but let's get into this. Mm-hmm. There's two more things yeah. to describe. So next I think I thought you were going to transition into the one of like a have to versus I get to, because that also correlates. Uh, I feel like it all just correlates yeah, it, all yeah. together. So um, you want to, you want to dive into it or you want me to? I can do a have to, I get to, and you can do yeah. the last ones. I yes. feel like that one you resonate with more. Yeah, for sure. So the next, the next subtle difference in language is using, I using, I get to versus I have to. And so that's another thing that we, I catch myself using a lot. And maybe a lot of you do the same where you say that you have to do something. Mm-hmm. And when you use the language, you have to do something. It, it takes away like the, the acknowledgement that you actually have a choice. Mm-hmm. And some people might be like, well, no, I have to go to work, but it's like, you really don't have to. Like you get to, because you can make a choice to not go. And again, if you make that choice to not go, there's ramifications of that choice, but it doesn't mean that you don't have the choice. Mm-hmm. And so again, when you say, I get to do this, it, it, it makes your life and your actions seem more of a privilege because it yeah. is, because yeah. it's a choice that you're making. Yep. And so that subtle difference is also a really big one because it acknowledges your power as a human being who gets to choose. Yes. Exactly. And to be clear, it's like, there's only a handful of things we actually have to do. Like it necessities, like needs, like I, like the term I have to could also be correlated to like, I need to, or even sometimes I should. Yeah. Sometimes that's like, you, you can interchange that. So just be careful about all that language, but there's actually only a handful of things we actually need to do. We need to eat. We need to drink water. We need shelter. And there's like, we need to breathe. And I think there's like maybe one or two other things, but like, those are the only things we need to do. Everything else is like you said, a privilege is like we get to. And when we shift that language, like you said, we take our power back to realize it's a choice. So yeah, we really acknowledge like, yes, the necessities, like, I mean, need to, like we, we have those. Um, but when, for most, for the most part, when people use that language, I have to, they actually don't. Like there yeah. is again, the consequences for not doing something, but it really is a choice yeah. and that takes back your power. Yeah. Dope. All right. Do you, you want to go into the last one? Yeah. Last one. So last one is one of my favorite. It's subtle, very subtle. And I think it's really important as you move up the scale or the pyramid of, um, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If y'all are not familiar with that, just do a simple Google search. I'm sure most people have seen that. And if not, it's very simple, very straightforward. Like the base levels, like our needs, like things we have to have. Um, and then moving up, it's like more self-actualization. So this last distinction of words, um, I think is higher up that scale because I find this most powerful when we're talking about living your purpose. So the two words are find versus discover. So again, this is a higher 
level of things. Cause like, if you use the word, I, I'm trying to find something like, obviously if it's like, something's actually lost, like you lost your keys, like, yes, you're trying to define them, but I'm trying to discover my keys. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, like it's specific to within is like your purpose. So, cause I, I, I specialize in helping people live their soul's purpose. And now I'm having a different term for it. It's actually like a higher level is ultimately living your and fulfilling your soul's legacy. Um, there's a reason that we're all here on planet earth at this time in human history to make an impact and difference. Um, but when we're saying, I need to find my purpose, I need to find what I love and find, um, just like what I want to do that sets up in mind, just the, the thought that I've lost it because just the word find it connotates the belief that I've lost something. It's like, when you say I lost my keys, it's like, I need to find them because you don't have them. But the truth is we all have within ourselves, our purpose. We're being given the gift of a human experience, then bring into time and space a certain message, a certain impact. And so our purpose we have within. So we don't have to go find it, but we have to discover it. And that word, I love discover, because when you hyphenate it, discover, you take off, it's like you, you're taking off the cover from what is, what is already within you, is discover. So that it, personally for me has helped me in terms of taking steps in the direction of discovering really what my purpose is and living it. So I just wanted to give that as a quick um, note, like something that might, may help. And yeah. one final thing, Chris, because uh, this, this popped in my mind since I was like hyphenating, like discover, I think of, um, you know what I'm thinking? I think I'm thinking of, um, what is it? We, we've said in the podcast once or twice before, it's like um, feeling overwhelmed instead of overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, I'm whelmed. Yeah. <laughs> And instead of, I'm, I'm feeling the aster is the opposite yeah. of the aster. Um, but yeah, those are just fun ones um, to play around with. Um, that's it. I mean, I don't know. Did you have any comments around the discover versus find? No, but I was going to say the way that you described it was so beautiful. And I think it transitions really well into the offer that you're going to give at the end of the, mm. this podcast. So if you want to just yeah. jump right in. Yep, absolutely. Excuse me for a second. <coughs> okay, I just drank some water. Um, so yeah, the, as I mentioned, I have a gift for y'all if this resonates. So I've offered this a handful of times. I have some more spots open. So I want to offer this again is I have strategy sessions, which I carve out time for every month for a handful of these calls. They're called strategy sessions. It is a full 60 minute call with me, Kevin, where I get to help you get clear on what struggles you're facing right now, like what blocks you're facing get clear on the vision of what you would love to create, especially if it's in terms of business or impacting people's lives. If you're aspiring to be an entrepreneur or wanting to grow your business in some way, ultimately fulfilling your purpose, what you feel you're here to give and deliver and serve people and with, to help you get clear on that and get connected with that vision so that you're living into that vibration in that life. And then finally, we talk about action steps that you can take to bridge the gap from where you are to where you want to be. And at the end, if we find that we're a good fit to work together, then we absolutely can talk about coaching and, and working together. So that call is valued at $250. However, right now I'm offering it as my gift to you. So if you're listening to this podcast, if you hear it, uh, most likely there's a spot open. So you'll find in the description of this podcast episode is a link to my calendar. So if you love this, if you resonate with this and you've loved my help in that call, it's completely complimentary, this full hour, then go ahead, click that link. You'll be taken to my online calendar. 
And if there's spots open, book a time. You'll have some questions to answer so that uh, when we get on the call, I can help you the best I can. And that's it. So I have a handful of those left for this month. Um, book that if you resonate and I look forward to talking with you. Sweet. Yeah. All right, y'all. Hope you have an amazing day. Um, and use these tools, use these words. They're powerful. And one final thing I'll say is I, I just noticed also energy, you know, like it, you feel different when you use these different words. Like you mentioned about like, when I say like, I, I should, it's like, you mm -hmm. notice drop in my energy. Like, I don't know. Have you found that as well, Chris? Like when you use these different words, like you just feel more empowered. Yeah. And the, like that, the, those words, like, it's not like when you say something, they do carry an energy to it. And then that energy yes. reverberates throughout your entire system. Exactly. Like it mobilizes neurotransmitters, hormones, like it literally changes you on a physiological level. Yep. And it's so, it's so subtle that people don't realize it at first, but the more you become aware of like, and, and realizing, oh, when I use this word, I feel this way. And then when I use this word, I feel this way. Yeah. Like you, you also connect with your body more. And that's like mm. super important too, because the body is the subconscious mind. And so you get, you just start building a better relationship with yourself mm -hmm. and which words that you should use to describe things and move throughout like life. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> it's beautiful. I love that. It's, it's a mind body connection to there. And it makes mm -hmm. me think of like neuroplasticity and all that, like all that good stuff we've talked about. So yeah. Yeah. All right, y'all use the words, empower yourself, and we'll talk with you on another episode. And that's it for today. So thanks for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. So any questions, any comments, connect with us on Instagram personally at Kevin F. Carton or at Chris J. Carton or our podcast Instagram page at Science and Spirituality Podcast. And if you feel guided to, the one thing that we do ask is for you to please rate the podcast and also leave a review. This way we can reach more people and in that way impact more lives. So with that, we'll see you on the next episode.